difference between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. Uh, no, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. Yeah. You got your problems, I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'ma show them freedom like a bone cutter. We gon' fight back. Yeah. We breaking chains over here. Yeah. And you can stay over there. And we're back once again, only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Joining me here on the line, this man will be fighting once again. Uh, well, he's going from 140 to 147. Well, he went from uh, a man named Tank to one time now. He'll be taking on Keith Thurman, only on PBC on Fox Pay-Per-View. I give you once again, uh, the Aztec warrior himself, I give you, it's Mario Barrios. Uh, Mario, so so how does this all come about? Because you were a champion at 140. I'm guessing you know, if, if there was enough interest in possible possible rematch with Tank, why 147? What was it about going up in weight that for you, it's like, okay, this is, now's the time. And now is the perfect time for me to go up to 147. Um. Honestly, it was just a, a long time coming already. Um, I had been at 140 now already for four or five years, I believe. And, uh, I mean, we're noticing, you know, fight by fight. Um, it was just getting, you know, a little bit harder uh, to get down every time. And um, so, I mean, before the tank fight was even made, I mean, uh, we were we had plans to uh, – to move up to 147, you know, and test the waters out already. But again, I mean, uh, that was a huge opportunity. You know, that was an opportunity that we we're going to let pass us up. So, I mean, uh, we, we, you know, we took the tank fight. We made 140 again. But, um, you know, after that fight, uh, me and my team decided, like, now um, moving forward, you know, 147 is where, you know, we feel that, um, you know, where I'm, I'm going to perform my best at. How tough was it that those last, let's say, two fights where, you're a tall guy, even for 147 at five foot ten, and at 140, I'm guessing it must have been just a bitch to make you know that weight. I mean, how tough was it? You know, those final fights where it's like, okay, I'm at 143, I lose those last three pounds, and it feels like just death warmed over. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, no, it was a it was a struggle, but I mean, you know, we, we uh, I made weight, you know the the healthiest and the best way you know that I was able to uh you know I made the contract away you know for all of my fights at um you know when I was at 140 and um but yeah I mean like I said I mean it was, it was a long time coming you know there's I'm not making excuses you know for any of my fights um and um but yeah I mean I'm, I'm excited now you know to um to now be at 147 you know which is a lot more comfortable for you know for me and, uh, and I'm just looking forward, you know, to going out there and, you know, giving the boxing fans, you know, just giving sports fans another uh, exciting night of boxing. How much easier is it now just do, making 147 compared to 140? Like for, the, for those who don't get it, and, you know, there's a lot of boxing fans who think, oh, it's, you know, it's only a couple pounds. Why? What's the big deal? For you, like, how much easier is it now just training, you know, and not having to go, okay, can I have, the, can I have a second cup of water? Can I actually have some, you know, and, and we joke about it, but I'm guessing there were times like, oh, crap, I go, you know, you even watch how much I drink because I can just blow up. So how much easier is this camping for you in terms of that extra seven pounds? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that extra seven, you know, for those that, you know, don't cut weight or don't um, know much about, you know, the weight cuts of boxing, 
uh, man, those those last couple pounds are usually life and death for a fighter, you know. So the fact that now, you know, I have uh, seven, you know, to, um, you know, to uh, really uh, accommodate myself with, um, it's been, you know, uh, a lot, a lot off of my shoulders, you know. Um, I'm not having to, you know, cut carbs out, you know, weeks, weeks before, you know, the fight. Um, you know, still eating clean, still eating right, but, uh, you know, not as, uh, not as strict on, you know, on, uh, the proteins, you know, the carbs, the, the greens, um, it's, it, it, it's a whole nother world, you know, to, to dive into, you know, with, uh, with, you know, the dieting of a fighter. We're going to go with this fight. We're going to definitely get talk about Keith Thurman fight in a bit, but first take me back to your last fight. You tank Davis, uh, what went right? What went wrong? When did you start realizing, like, oh crap, his power is not going away after four or five rounds? Like, when did you start realizing, like, okay, this is going to be a, a long fight? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, with with the tank fight, you know, you know, I had a lot of success, you know, with boxing on the outside, but I mean, I know um, that it wasn't going to be an outside fight, you know, for the whole time, um, you know, and then you know, given that. I mean, I, I have never, you know, shied away from a firefight, you know, which sometimes it doesn't work out, you know, for, you know, fighters, you know, with that style. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a boxer and I'm, I'm a warrior every time I step in there. And, um, you know, I, regardless of the, the, the outcome of the fight, I, you know, me and my team were very proud, you know, of the, uh, of, you know, what I was able to display that night. And, um you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, Tank, you know, like I was saying, you know, before the fight, you know, he's a great fighter. He's more than just a power puncher. He's a, a great technical fighter as well. And, uh, you know, I really feel that we, um, me and him, we did bring out the best in each other, you know, which is why it was such a competitive fight. And, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, at the end of the at the end of the day, you know, one punch can change a fight. And you know, that's exactly what happened, you know, towards the, um, the last, you know, the, the second half, he landed, you know, some good punches, uh, put me down a few times. And um, I mean, I still feel like, you know, the fight shouldn't have been stopped. But I mean, that's me being, you know, the fighter I am. Um, you know, I'm always willing, you know, to go out, to go out on my shield. And um, but, you know, the, the ref made his call. You know, he's in there for a reason, you know, to protect uh, the fighter's well-being. And, you know, that's what he felt he had to do at the time. And I mean, so, I mean, um, I can't argue with that, but I mean, again, you know, I, we're able to take away a lot from that fight. Again, I mean, we are you're very proud of everything that we had accomplished in that fight, even though we didn't walk away, you know, with the, with the victory. And, um, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of great things on the horizon currently. I mean, one, you know, being, you know, this, um, the fight with Thurman being made, um, I'm headlining a pay-per-view one, once more, you know, that's a, a great opportunity that I'm very, um, I'm very grateful for. And, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I still have, you know, a lot of work to do, you know, and, um, in the boxing game and I'm, I'm excited, you know, just, you know, for everything unfolding in front of me right now. Uh, last question on this fight. How tough was that for you? Just trying to do everything that, as you said, you, you, the goal was make an outside fight. That's not your style. Usually though, you are a guy who likes to go in there bring a lot of pressure. Your guy likes to go in there and go, okay, you know what? Let's make it a phone booth fight. Let's just overwhelm this guy with punches and aggression here. And when, and, and both uh, several of the knockouts, I could see, you know, especially the first one, he, it's almost like you're going, 
okay, I want to go inside, but I can't go inside. And it's just what second that he's allowed to just go, okay, I'm in that, in that pocket, you know, and he catches it all right, overhand right. How tough was that for you going, okay, I got to be this, but then it's, it's just against everything, like human nature. I am this instead. Yeah. I mean, you know, but um, it, it was, uh, you know, Tank is, you know, he was a very, um, a very creative fighter, you know, as well, you know, and like I said, you know, we, we brought the best out of each other. And um, I feel like a lot of the rounds, you know, it was just me and him trying to figure out, you know, figure each other out, whether, you know, it was the timing, whether it was the distance. And um, I mean, you know, when he had dropped me the first time, um, it was the first time I had, I had ever been dropped um, in my, you know, in my whole career. So, I mean, one, I was trying to figure out what, what had happened, you know, um, what he caught me with, uh, trying to make sure, you know, my legs were good, you know, my legs were there, thankfully. And then, um, I mean, I, I knew right away, too, he was going to come out. Um, I mean, because I, I made the tank count, I, I knew he, he was, he was going to come with it right away. So then it was me, you know, trying to figure out all this out, you know, within, you know, that 10 seconds that, you know, that you have that the ref gives you. And, um, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, it was, uh, it was something I, I never experienced before. Um, not something, I mean, you know, that we had planned on either. And, um, but again, you know, I mean, I'm a fighter. Um, I knew, it, I mean, regardless, uh, I mean, I, I was going to go out, you know, you know, being, you know, being me, uh, which is, you know, being a fighter. And, you know, even though he did drop me and uh, a lot of fighters, you know, would have, you know, just would have probably, you know, just used the ring, which would have been have a lot smarter, you know, maybe tied them up. Um, but, you know, my, my first instinct, you know, was to, you know, try to throw with him right away. And I mean, uh, he dropped me the second time. And, um, but, you know, I, I still got up, um, went back to my corner, my Virgil had asked, you know, how did I feel? And I was like, no, I was like, I'm good, I'm good. And then he was like, all right. He was like, you know, let's let's get back to it. And then I feel like, you know, the round after that, I feel like I I, I won the round. And um, you know, so it was just getting, you know, right back, you know, to what what we had worked on. And um, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, the first, I mean, the the two knockdowns um and that one round, you know, definitely threw me off. It wasn't something I was expecting. Uh and uh but you know it's boxing. You know that's that's the name of the name of the game. Name of the game. You know I have to go in there and I, I have to adapt. Uh, whether you know it's to the style, whether it's whether you know whatever it is that is going on in there. It's my job, you know, to figure it out and um, you know, make something work. Keith Thurman, former un sort of uncrowned, uh, undisputed one forty seven pound champion at one point, a man who. Well known for being one time, Keith Thurman has power here. What what do what are you guys expecting from him? Because he's been out for two years, and even you know before that he would, he was not looking the same. You know, we, a lot of people looked at his fight with Jose De Lopez, where he really was getting rocked and you know almost dropped. You know, early in that second half of that fight, there he ends up winning. He loses to Pacquiao. We haven't even heard from him. How tough is it figuring out? Like, okay. What is he going to be? What's going on? What new tricks might he have? Because it's two years, and I don't care what you are. If you're if you've been away for two years, usually stuff changes because well, it has to change. Yeah, um, you know, but we, we know that Thurman has been um, has been out, you know, for a while. But um, you know, we're we're not 
thinking anything less of him. You know, if anything, you know, we're uh, preparing, you know, for, you know, the best Thurman, um, you know, that we have, you know, that we have seen so far. And, um, you know, so we're going into this fight, you know, just making sure that we're working on what we have to. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're expecting, you know, um, a Thurman who's in shape, a Thurman who is hungry, and a Thurman who is ready, you know, to prove to everybody, you know, that uh, that he's back, basically. And, um, but, I mean, at the same time, I mean, I'm trying to set my mark in the in the welterweight division, and that's exactly what, um, what I plan on doing. Do you change your style, though, compared to the last fight? Like, with Tank, I know that when we spoke, it was, all right, we're going to try to drag him in deep water and make him drown. He's coming up in weight. You know, he's not used to fighting, you know, more of the six rounds, more of the seven rounds. He's a guy who, who blitzes early. We're going to try to take advantage of that. With Keith, is there more of a, a plan? I know you're not going to tell us, but is there more of a thought of, let's jump on him early. He's been away for two years. He hasn't had a, a live fight since the Pacquiao fight. Let's see if he really is, you know, is back or he's going to be like, oh, crap. This is live fire. This isn't like what happened in the last two years. I've been away and on vacation or doing whatever it is. Does the game plan change because of the opponent? Also, the long layoff. Uh, yeah, you know the the game plan it, it definitely changes, but um, not because of the layoff, but you know because he's a complete different fighter, you know than um than than Tank. You know, every time we have a fight, you know the the game plan, you know what we're working on. It, it always changes, but um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I am um, I think you know most people know what what they're gonna get with me. Um, you know, whenever I step in the ring, and uh, you know, I again, I mean, I I know I I'm a very intelligent boxer, but at the same time, you know, I like to sit there and um, you know, then throw some shots that are gonna crack. And I mean, I know Thurman, you know, he has a very similar style, and um, you know, so I mean, this is. You know, has the potential to be a very, um, very explosive fight, and um, I have no doubts. You know that um, it's going to be anything less. Why Keith Thurman? You could, there's a lot of other fighters you could have taken for your debut at 127. <laughs> uh, he's a dangerous guy. I mean, and we, and we I joke about well, you know, he's probably been away, been on vacation for two years. He's still a dangerous fighter. But you, you probably could have fought somebody a little lesser than him and I mean and put it on TV whether it's you versus an Ava Ramos a Chris Van Heerden even you know a guy you know possibly like even I'll throw it out there uh Jamal James I'm taking on a guy who was a former world champion who has power who's beaten the best in this division at one point here why was this the fight that you won? Why was this? Why did you take this fight when I'm guessing there even people around you said, "Hey, you know, let's let's try something. Let's try a little bit of easy, you know, maybe a softer touch." Why is this the fight that you have signed up for? You were eager to take on February fifth. No, this fight was um was something you know that I wanted to take because um you know one I mean I I want to fight the best. I want to I want to test my abilities test my skills and um you know i mean i, I don't i don't ever there's never a time where you know, i want an easy fight you know um i'm i'm not afraid you know to take the fights that um you know some fighters will usually shy away or turn down uh you know that's why you know 
um i mean uh, that's why i'm in this sport you know i've had plenty of people tell me you know what you know why why are you taking this fight you know well, why didn't you why didn't you um take like a tune-up or you know um a fight you know that wasn't that wasn't going to be as tough and i was like man you know like that's why this is why i'm i'm a professional boxer you know this is why i've been boxing since i was six years old um again i mean i i want to you know prove you know not only um to everybody but you know to myself you know that you know i'm a i'm a damn good boxer um and i deserve you know to be you know on these uh you know on showtime on these you know big cards uh headlining you know major networks and uh you know so i mean that that's that's just me you know that's me being you know the fighter that i i have have always been you know i've, I've never shied away um i've never turned turned down or said no you know to 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 anybody and um you know i mean i wanted to continue on making you know the fights um that are exciting you know for the boxing fans you know for sports fans in general and um yeah you know just you know continue you know to show everybody uh the fighter that i am well there you have it ladies and gentlemen once again we're proud to have back on the show i give you uh the man who'll be trying to top off the former former undisputed uh close to undisputed welterweight champion keith thurman on february 5th i give you it is uh mario barrio so mario before i let you go where can fans check you out at where is the twitter page instagram the website where can fans uh hit you up at yeah um you know fans they can reach out to me uh at any time whether it's on twitter or instagram um both of them are the same at boxer underscore barrios mario barrios ladies and gentlemen once again always on a pleasure having on the show uh, we come back we got a lot more going on here only on last call last call with the alcohol only on the blue wire hustle network Once again, ladies and gentlemen, only on Last Call. Last Call with the the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And earlier we heard, of course, from Mario Barrios. Always a pleasure and honor talking with him. Now, joining me on the line, this man here, well, he's going to try and make it two in a row as he'll be fighting once again, only on, it'll be UFC Fight Night. On February 5th, we'll take on Hakeem DeWoto. Well, he's looking to show that he is still a force at a 145-pound featherweight division. I give you once again, the lone wolf himself, I give you, it's Mike Trezano. Uh, Mike, let's start off here. It's you, Hakeem DeWoto. It's, uh, he's, he's, he's that classic, you know, explosive striker. How much do you feel that this is a fight where once you take it to the ground, you have it. You can bend use your better grappling to beat him? Uh, 
I feel like I have an advantage everywhere in this fight. I feel like my striking is world class. Um, I feel like I haven't really had an opportunity to display my striking because every time I fight, someone's trying to take me down. Uh, but yeah, I mean, my ground game is no joke. I have a lot of submission wins under my belt, and uh, I'm excited to mix it up this fight. Do you? So you said that before, but a lot of guys try to take you down. That won't be his game plan. He's a guy who likes to come in there. He'll throw a lot of leg kicks. He'll mix it up, whether it's high, whether it's, uh, you know, calf kicks here. He likes to basically get you off balance. Do you do you, do you enjoy that? Do you look at this fight and go, this is going to be fun? He's a, a pure striker. I don't have to worry about, you know, him taking me down, him stalling. He's going to come in there. And this could be, you know, if everything plays out perfectly, this could be bonus money for all parties. Yeah, man, I... I'm, I love his style. Uh, been wanting this fight for a while, and uh, I'm excited to get in there. You know, I was supposed to fight back in October, and it fell through. So um, I'm just chomping at the bit to get back in there, man. Tell us about that, because I know that, you know, a lot of fights, sometimes it's been either illness, it's been COVID, things happen here. You were supposed to fight in... October, you were going to fight Chaz Skelly, then he withdraws. Uh, how tough has that been for you? Where it's, it's almost been close to almost 10 months where you haven't had a fight. For most guys I talk to, you want to have at least three fights a year, maybe four if you're lucky. How frustrating was last year where you had one fight? And outside of that one fight, you haven't, you know, it's been from 2019 to 2022 as we're coming in here, just two fights almost in the last four years. Yeah, I mean, it's been super frustrating. Obviously, May was the last time I fought, and that was the first fight in a long layoff because I had a, multiple knee surgeries that I had to deal with and uh, kept me sidelined for a little bit. Um, it, it's frustrating, you know, but you know, it's, it's it's a little bit more complicated now because with like travel restrictions and, and obviously COVID, like you mentioned, um, Chaz was ready to go, but I guess he got hurt or something and uh, had to pull out of the fight relatively quick. And, and uh, the soonest I can get another fight was, was February because the UFC has been booking fight cards out pretty far out in advance. I, I mean, I think I just saw that they announced a fight for like April. So like they're, they're, on a tear right now, just booking cards left and right. So it, a lot of them were full for the for the rest of the year. I mean, the good news is, you know, it means they're planning ahead. The bad news, as you said, for you kind of, for someone like yourself, it's like, okay, there's no fight available. I need money. Like, what did you do basically to pay the bills this last year plus? I mean, because outside of May, there was no money coming in in terms of fights. So, what did you do to, to just survive financially? I, I teach martial arts. So uh, I, work, uh, I work for uh, Tiger Shulman. I teach classes, uh, adult classes, kids' classes. That's how I was paying the bills. You know, I, don't, I don't really rely on just fighting to get me through the year. So I, uh, I manage my money very well. So I'm, I'm never really stressed out. How tough was it last year, though? Would we, even with with you know COVID at some point being under control and going all these new variants? Because 
you know how it is. All of a sudden, people when you hear, like, oh, there's a new strand, it's like, ooh, I don't know if I want to, you know, go to the gym. Ooh, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to go out there. How often do you sometimes have, like, cancellations just when certain months because, hey, COVID starts getting higher. You now have to, you know, masks have to be worn at all times, indoors, in certain places. Like, for you, how frustrating was it when your own business is being affected and there's nothing you can do to change it? I mean, it's very frustrating. Um, I mean, everybody's pretty much sick of how things have been going. Uh, nobody's really making any sense of the situation, and it's just making it harder and harder for people to make a living. Um, honestly, the fact that, that, you know, how COVID is spreading again, makes me nervous because I don't want to get a false positive all of a sudden, like when I test to go fight and then all of a sudden my fight gets scratched. So like that worries me because I'm putting all in all this work, you know, dieting and training my ass off and God forbid I, I, I test positive, even if I feel fine, like might get scratched. It's just like one more thing I have to worry about that I didn't want to have to worry about, you know, but it's always in the back of my mind, like, Oh, God forbid, fight week because they test you like two, three times. God forbid I test positive. It's like all that hard work, and now I got to wait again. <laughs> I understand. Trust me, and you're not the first person who's told me that. I mean, everybody I talk to is always the worry of, oh crap, or what happens if I have symptoms, or somebody close to me was testing. Now I'm being on quarantine here. I, I can just imagine the frustration, but. I want to talk about something positive first. Take us, take me back to your last fight, uh, Ludovic Klein versus yourself. It was UFC uh, fight night, it, all the way back in this past May, or as they say, UFC now Vegas twenty six. Rodriguez versus Watterson. Uh, what went right? Did anything go wrong? And what did you take out of that fight after after all the knee surgeries, all the Everything that had gone wrong, you know, prior to that, you, you having to work your way back up. How much do you look back at that fight and go, okay, I'm back. And I overcame everything and I still have it. Yeah, man. I, I, that was the healthiest I've ever been for a fight in a long time. Because uh, I had been dealing with knee problems for a while. I had fought with a knee injury many times. It was kind of one of those things that I was just like, all right, I just got to work around it. And eventually it started getting bad enough to the point where I, I could barely train fully for MMA. So I had to get the surgeries done. But that fight was the best I felt. Um, I had a solid game plan with my coaches. I felt so comfortable. It felt like I had never left. Didn't feel like I had a two-year layoff. And uh it, it was good to get back in there and get the W and and uh, pick up right where I left off. Take me to the rehab because that's all worse. It's always tough rehabbing any body part because physically, you know, you have a timetable. And then mentally you got to get used to, okay, is my knee feeling fine? I heard a pop and maybe a little bit of the twinge. I'm not sure. And, you're, you know, you're, your body and your mind play tricks with you because you're trying to stay healthy and yet there's something you're, you're always worried how mentally, how did you get over that? How did you get over not having to worry about or not worrying about, will I re-injure my knees? Is it strong enough? Am I ready to train full time? I just had to tell myself, get over it. 
You know, you don't really have any way around it. It's either you get it over it or you don't, and it messes you up for life. And I think I'm a very mentally strong person. You know, I don't really fold uh, under pressure. Um, so, you know, I had to get it done. I, I wanted to continue fighting. I don't want to end my career. You know, I, I enjoy what I do. And uh, I just listen to all my, my, my coaches and my, uh, my rehab guys just listened and did everything they told me to do. And I didn't, I didn't take any shortcuts and I made, made sure I did everything right so I could come back healthy. And it, it was, it was a tough road. You know, I, the knee surgery I had took about six months recovery before I could even start training anything again. And, uh, I finally got back to training after like the six, seven months of being of rehabbing and was able to start training. And then all of a sudden it started bothering me again. And then I had to go back in for another surgery to clear up some scar tissue that had built up. So I had like a minor surgery again. So when I had that second surgery, I was like, Oh my God, not again. Like this is ridiculous because I was ready to go and now I have to wait again. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, you can't chase the past, and I think everything happens for a reason. And now I'm where I'm at because of the road I had to travel, and uh, I'm just excited to move forward. And I'm as healthy as can be. You know, obviously there's bumps and bruises in fight camp, but I'm, I'm ready to go, man. I just want to get in there and uh, throw some leather. Were you ever worried about? After that second surgery, because as you said, you had a first surgery, took six, seven months, and all of a sudden they're going, oh, something else is wrong. Were you ever worried that this is going to be a recurring thing, that you were going to be going, oh, crap, I'm never going to get healthy. I'm never, this is not going to happen, you know, but, you know, it was there was there ever a fear of, like, this could affect you, not just in fighting, but just regular living, having current, you know, chronic pain in your knees or always, you know, getting re-injured because there's just something wrong with your knee. Yeah, it, it crossed my mind for sure. Um, I just, again, it just stuck to what they were telling me to do in rehab, and and that was it. I mean, I just kind of kept the tunnel vision. I was like, look, even if I hit another two, three bumps in the roads, I'm going to keep going, you know, and now I'm, now I'm solid, so... Watching your fight as we're as we're doing the interview here because I look, I saw that the first time you get taken down, there's almost a smile on your face because it's like, okay, man, he feels good. I'm not worried, and you start getting back into it. You start taking over. How much did you need that that first takedown where it's like, okay, well, will I be able to just you know flex it? Will I be able to do all this with any? After that, how much easier was that that second and third round for you? Where mentally it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm. Everything's going. Everything is fine. I'm back on my feet. There's no pain. Let's, let's just keep rolling with this fight here. Let's let's keep putting pressure on this kid. Yeah, I. But my whole game plan was just to keep him going back. He has. He's very dangerous on the feet. 
Uh, I had a lot of head kick knockouts and very hard to kick moving backwards. So, or do anything moving backwards, honestly. So that was the whole game plan. Just keep pressuring him forward, get him tired, get him running around a little bit and be able to get my strikes in. Um, definitely wish I put a little more together. I think I could have put him away. And uh, if I had like five more seconds, I would have finished that guillotine. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? True, true. And but, but as you said, the, the bigger thing was you were, you know, you, you, you feel better now. You get your back on your feet. And now, as you said, you're coming out to Akeem DeWoto here. So how do you balance this fight in terms of the, you want to strike, you want to show all the stuff out there, but yet you have many feel you have the advantage with your takedowns, your wrestling. How big is this fight for you? Just fighting smart, you know, not getting caught up in just, let's just throw, start throwing kicks. Let's, you know, you're looking at your head hunting and all of a sudden he catches you with a big kick or he catches you with a spinning back or something because you're too aggressive. You're too, you're, you're wanting to, you know, show off, not just the strike, but show off the power and try to get maybe that big knockout. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to say. I will set up a game plan. You know, we have a game plan and, you know, once you get in there, you just got to feel it out and see what the time, what his timing's like, what he's trying to do. Is he pressuring me? Is he, is he kind of baiting me to throw? You know, I, I kind of just react on the fly almost. And, uh, obviously, he could catch me with anything, and I could catch him with anything. But, uh, again, I enjoy this so much. I love fighting, and I'm just going to go in there and, and try and put him on defense, make him have to start reacting more to what I'm throwing, not the other way around. So why do you love it then? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask with everybody here because you, we've just talked with you here and you mentioned you had two knee surgeries. Uh, that cost money. That cost a lot of time. You know, the excruciating pain. Then you got to get back after, after you're done with these surgeries. You got to rehab. And then after you're done with the rehab, you got to get back into fighting shape. And then you got to cut a lot of weight. You're doing all this here. You're not making much money. The body's probably screaming at times going, we need a break. God damn it. Just go and take a hot, you know, shower, a sauna, deep tissue massage. What makes you love this sport of it? Even though after two knee surgeries, after all this going on, you're still talking going, God, I can't wait for this fight here. I can't wait to just start throwing leather, taking guys down and submitting them. What keeps the love? Uh, it keeps me sane. It, it, it's the competition. You know, I just, I just, need to fuel that primal instinct in me that will want to compete and be better than the other person in front of me. I want to be better than I was in May. You know, I am always looking to improve on myself. I, I, t I do fighting not for anyone else but me. I, I want to see how far I can take it. I want to push myself, test my body. I want to just be a better version of myself every day. That's that's what drives me. Um, you know, all the all the wins and the money, and you know, championships and all that kind of stuff. That's like an added bonus to what I'm doing. But for me, my main my main priority is to 
just continue to improve and be better every time I get out there. And success is just part of it. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, he'll be uh, he'll be fighting all the way at UFC Fight Night in Las Vegas, and we're looking forward to seeing that this fight is going to be fireworks galore between him and Akeem Dawoto. I give you once again all the way from Tiger Shulman MMA. I give you the Balone Wolf, Mike Gisano. Uh, Mike, before I let you go, where can fans check you out? At? Where is the YouTube channel, Instagram, the web page? Where can fans hit you up at? Yeah, you can follow me uh, at the Lone Wolf MMA on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, Mike the Lone Wolf Trezano on Facebook. Um, that's pretty much it. And, uh, just want to thank my team, Tiger Showman, for getting me ready for this fight. Uh, eat clean, bro, for giving me some sweet ass meals and clean food. And uh, you know, just my family, my wife, for always supporting me in, in my dream. Mike Trezano, ladies and gentlemen, always, once again, always on a pleasure to have it on the show. We come back. The final thoughts here only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Once again, only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And, uh, well, I want to thank my wonderful guest we had this Friday. First off, Mario Barrios. A big step up for him. He'll be fighting once again February 5th, only on PBC, on Fox Pay-Per-View. He'll be taking on the very dangerous Keith One-Time Thurman in his welterweight debut. I've got to say this for a kid. He, he wanted big fights. He was he had been demanding big fights, and this is gonna be a big fight. And you gotta take your hat off to him because he is definitely not afraid of challenging himself 
I'm looking forward to this fight more. And then, well, we just got done with our latest interview of a lone wolf returned, Mike Trezano, and he'll be once again in action. So we'll be taking on a very talented striker, Hakeem Dewodu. It'll be also February 5th, UFC Fight Night in the Apex Center once again in Las Vegas. Nevada is going to be officially known as, it's been changed. So once again, Jack Hermanson versus Sean Strickland, UFC Fight Night. And look, he's very confident. Give him credit. He's not backing down. He's not afraid. He's going to basically go in there and throw, you know, Throw some heavy hands and see where that lands. But I'm looking forward to seeing him in action once again on February 5th against Hakeem Dewodu. We're going to turn our attention to this weekend. And finally, the UFC is back. And yes, I know we've been jonesing for it because after a while, it's like, okay, no MMA, no, no even big boxing. And you're like, okay, we need some fights. Need some fights. God damn it. We're getting it. Is it a great card? Not really. It's it's the first card of a year. And, uh, well, there, there's going to be, let's start off the main event, but that is a fight worth watching. you got Calvin Qatar versus Giga Chikadze in a 145-pound light you know, featherweight scrap. For Qatar, this for me is sort of a Waterloo fight for him. It's, yes, you can win. Yes, you can beat very good fighters. Can you beat great fighters? And so far, the answer's been no. And look, there's nothing wrong against that. I mean, you look at who his, his three losses have been to. Uh, Zabibit Magomed Shapirov, who just a, a dangerous fighter, 18-1, and one, only lost once in Russia. And since he's gotten to the UFC, he's been just mowing people down like he's cutting the grass. Whether it was Calvin Qatar, Jeremy Stevens, Brandon Davis, Kyle Bochniak, I mean, he's done everything. No shame in that. And his fight against Max Holloway, one of the pound for pound best fighters in the world. Uh, Max Holloway probably has some of the best striking in the world. And how Qatar took that fight and went the full distance, I, was, I am just impressed because he took a beating in that fight. And he just kept fighting through, fighting through, and fighting through. And you know, even his third, you know, his third loss, you know, we, it was against a very tough Renato Mociano, who is the guy who had been around, but you know, been around the block, who was, you know, coming off a guillotine loss to choke to Brian Ortega. There's all, you know, another guy who he separates contenders from elite level fighters. No, you know. No shame in losing to him. But eventually, you know, for Calvin Qatar, it's like, okay, I want, I need that big win. I need that signature win. I need that win that will get me back into the title picture. Giga Jakadze is a is the best right now he can he can he can do. And look, this is one of those you know those Russian fighters who've come out of no you know who have come out and literally just done everything and everything uh, from. Tbilisi, Georgia. Now, now he trains out of Huntington Beach, California. He's done it all so far. Edson Barboza, Cub Swanson. Uh, he's had one. You know, he started off. T- you know, his fight's tough. You know, he was 
Had a split decision win against Brent Davis, a split decision win against Jamal Embers, unanimous decision victory over Erwin Rivera. We were all going, okay, well, that's nice, but it's not great. He'll just be just maybe a good fight, not great. In those last four fights, he, it's just like every time he's taken a step up, you know, he looks better. Omar Morales, big step up, wins unanimous decision victory. Uh, Cub Swanson, a big step up from Jamie Simmons. Body kick, round and pound, one minute into the round one. Damn impressive. And then Edson Barboza, a guy who is one of the most lethal strikers in the UFC. What does he do? Knocks him out with punches in the in round three. Complete domination. I would even say this. If Giga wins this fight, you might see him take on four of a title. Alexander Volkanovsky, because right now there is no top guy who can fight 145. Max is out. They're trying to find somebody there. It could be Giga if he wins this fight. Uh, Calvin, he might need another win, but he for him it would be a huge boost. It would show that he belongs against the elite-level fighters. Rest of the card, uh, there's some pretty good fights here if you enjoy the action. And... I'll say this, uh, Brandon Royval versus Rodrigo Bontorin. Yeah, it's it's flyweights, but, you know, both of those guys plan to steal the show. They've done it before. They'll do it again. Uh, if you can get over the fact they're 125 pounds, they're damn good. I would definitely watch that fight. Uh, this just fight happened. Last notice, Charles Rosa, a guy who never met a, a fight, but he turned down. On literally four days' notice, he is now taking on T.J. Brown in a featherweight scrap. He has a new contract. He's at peace with what he does here. He's coming off a nice big win, you know, in his last in his last fight against well, none other than I forget the name already here, which is terrible of me here. A win over Justin James. He lost James Jackson. He's gonna be pissed off here. T.J. Brown, on the other hand, is a guy who comes forward, likes to stand and bang. There should be fireworks. Is it the greatest card? No. And look, that's going to happen with the UFC. It's now content for the sake of content. But you have some good fighters on this card. You have, you know, we have Cheslov Borshov, who he's 5-1, and one, you know, at 155. There's already talk of him being somebody they're going to, you know, push heavily. I wouldn't be surprised if he dominates against Dakota Bush. You have Joseph Holmes versus Jamie Pickett at middleweight. And the opening fight is Brian Kelleher versus Kevin Kroom. It's two guys who just want to stand and bang, throw some punches. Is it the greatest, you know, as I said, this is just an appetizer for us. It's getting everybody back into the swing of things. It's getting everybody back into the UFC you know, schedule. Either way, though, as I said, it's, uh, it's going to come down to the main event. And then if Giga wins impressively, I think you can say he's in line for a title shot come this 2022. If Calvin wins, he's back. And he gets that big signature victory. But we'll see what happens here. Uh, we got to wrap this up. So once again, from a wonderful guest for Mario Barrios, for Mike Trezano, this is Chris Connor saying have a great weekend, everyone. I'm out here. Stay tuned for more great action coming up 
only on Last Call. Last Call with the Alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network.